Welcome to the first episode of Marketing Mindcast Radio, a discussion of marketing and mindset. Join me on the journey of creating a business that speaks from your heart, helps you teach from your life experience, and allows you to leave a legacy for your kids and grandchildren. I'm Matt Zavidal, really excited to be here with you. I've got my hot cup of tea with me here and I'm ready to settle in. And I want to start things off by just asking you a question, which is, are you satisfied currently with your business? Are you satisfied with your current level of revenue? Are you satisfied with how happy you are in running the business? Or do you feel like you're out of control in any way? Are you happy with the other areas of your life, you know, health, your relationships? And I want to talk about that. And I want to first tell you a story about my journey through all that. And it kind of goes back to when I was a kid. You know, I grew up as a really shy child and didn't talk to people very much and uh, had a lot of trouble just, you know, talking with people one-on-one in a, you know, interpersonal relationship. But at the same time, the interesting thing was I also wanted the spotlight in some ways. Like, for instance, when I was in, uh, I think it was fifth grade, we had this play in school and I got the the, the one of the lead characters. It was a, a king that I played. And as a, you know, today I've got gray hair. Nobody could tell anymore. But back when I was a kid, I grew up with very bright orange red hair, you know, and uh, they made me this beard that they put on me for this character that they glued onto my face that was the same color as my hair. And I had this red beard <laughs> and, uh, and I loved it. You know, I love learning the lines and getting out there in front of people, but it was kind of this weird uh, dynamic where I could do that, but I was I was so shy and I wouldn't talk very much other than that. And uh, until I got to know people, like around my family and around my friends, you know, uh, I would talk quite a bit. In fact, my aunts used to call me Matthew Motormouth when I was a kid. But if I didn't know you and it was somebody new in my life, very, very shy. And so I had a hard time meeting new people and just going up to people, talking to people, things like that. But at the same time, I could do these other things like do a play, or I started getting into music and I joined the marching band. I played the drums. I played the quads and the drum line. And I just absolutely loved that kind of spotlight. You know, there was two of us playing the quads and the drum line, and sometimes we'd have solos. And I just loved being out there in front of people. I I played football, played basketball. I used to love getting on, as I was a small guy, I'm 5'7", but uh, I used to love getting on the football field and just throwing my body around, trying to tackle these bigger guys and stuff, and just kind of being in that spotlight, you know? And I I took my love of music from playing in the marching band to eventually learning how to play guitar. And by the time I was a teenager, I'd grown my hair really long. I had the nose ring, the earrings. This is the mid-80s. This was a time of, you know, when the hard rock, heavy metal bands were the the, ruling the world. Metallica and Motley Crue, Rat, Van Halen, those types of bands. And so I was emulating a lot of those guys and just, you know, moving forward in that direction. But going back to when I was a little kid, you know, when I was in elementary school, uh, I just had this innate ability from the time I can remember of seeing people and seeing their pain and always wanting to help them. I just had this, you know, some this shy kid who wanted to help people, basically. That's kind of like where I come from. And I I remember coming home from school quite often when I was in, you know, when I was in first, second, third, fourth grade and having these conversations with my mom, pretty deep conversations about the classmates in my classes and my friends and just would talk to her and say, you know, I, I see I see that they're struggling with this or they're struggling with that and I, I want to help them. I don't know what to do for them. And my mom would always call me an old soul. You know, I just kind of saw through all that stuff and past all the nonsense of life and just kind of saw people, you know. 
and and I wanted to help them. You know, I went to my friends' homes, and they would a lot of them came from broken homes. Luckily, I didn't, and I had two parents there. We had a lot of good structure, my brother and I. And but I would see my friends struggle with. We'd go there, and there'd be no parents there. They'd have to fend for themselves, make their own dinner. When I was over there playing with them, or the the parent, their mom or dad would come home and just kind of treat them badly, probably because their mom or dad was you know frustrated with their own life and. I just saw a different type of life in a lot of different people, and I just wanted to help, you know. So, so that's kind of we'll we'll come back to that in a little bit, but that's kind of where I come from, and then I lost sight of that for quite a number of years as I got older. But that's where I came from in terms of what I what my innate what my nature was all about, and so my very and I never from a very young age never saw myself working the 40-year thing, you know, working one job in a cubicle somewhere and having a job. When, when other kids are saying, I want to be a teacher or a fireman or a police policeman or anything like that, I never wanted to be those things, like a job. But the first thing I can remember ever wanting to be is an NFL football player, <laughs> right? And I had that dream probably up until I was about 12 years old. I would tell everybody, what do you want to be? I'm going to play in the NFL, you know? And again, I was a small guy. And I remember... Well, my grandfather was a very A-type personality, very loud, and just scared the crap out of me, being this, being this shy kid. And I remember one time, we went down to visit them in Florida, and we were sitting there, and he's like, he used to call me Maddie. He said, hey, Maddie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I'm going to play in the NFL. And he just crushed my dream. I mean, he, he just looked at me, and he goes, Maddie, come on, get real. You're too small. You're not growing to be that big. Uh, you need to find something else you want to do that's more logical. And, you know, I really looked up to my grandfather, but even though he scared the crap out of me, I just thought he was, you know, you know how you are when you're a kid and you look up at your grandparents, you just think they're the best thing in the world. And, and, and something died in me that day, you know, like that dream just died. I still wanted to do it after that for maybe a year or two, but, um, I let that comment feed into my mind and stop me from even trying to pursue it, you know? And then the next thing I wanted to be after that, as I was getting into, you know, getting into playing guitar, and my brother was starting to play bass. And so by the time I was like, you know, 15 or 16, now my dream was not to be a fireman, not to be a policeman, not to be a teacher. It was to be a rock star. That's what I was going to be, right? So uh, after high, so I, that was my dream all through high school. And I was playing my guitar, getting better, learning the guitar, you know, uh, and, and just dreaming about, I'm going to get out and become a rock star. And so I went to a year of college for classical guitar. And during that time period, that year of college, I just hated it. You know, I, I really never liked school, never liked uh, high school and all that kind of stuff. I was actually uh, got good grades in high school, but um, it was more just because I, I could memorize things very easily. I think my music stuff helped me with memorization and uh so I would memorize what's on the test and I could do fine, but I really just hated the whole process, hated being stuck in a chair. So it's kind of funny. I'm like this shy kid who has a hard time talking to people, a quiet person, uh, likes calming environments, but I hated the structure of school. I hated that structure. And I saw in the allure to me of being like this rock star, right, was just that that was exciting to me. Like I saw these guys traveling on buses around the around the country, around the world, and I could tell and what I didn't really realize was that I was getting the entrepreneurial mindset, right? But I didn't really think of it in terms of business. I just wanted to play music. And so the interesting thing with that was that years later, I kind of recognized that in myself. But 
Uh, I just wanted that lifestyle. That sounded so exciting to me just to not have to have that structure of a job, right? And then the other thing that was happening there was I also saw it as a way that I wanted to make a lot of money. So I always had that thing inside myself that I wanted to become a rock star to make a lot of money. And then later when I realized I was more of an entrepreneurial type person, I wanted to do business building to make money. And what I started to realize as I got older was that it really wasn't the money that I was after. The money represented something different to me. And maybe you can relate to this. You know, we all say we want big income. We all say we want financial security. But what I would encourage you to to do after you hear my story is really sit down and ask yourself, like I'm going to explain to you, why do you want that kind of money to come in? And so what I'm going to say to you here is as I began to really think through my desires to make money, where that came from, it came from being a shy kid. And where I can remember, I grew up in upstate New York, and we lived uh, for a number of years in near Binghamton, New York, just about 30 minutes north of the Pennsylvania border. And when I was in elementary school and we lived there, I can remember days in the wintertime. My dad kept the temperature down very low overnight to save on fuel. And you would wake up in the morning in that house. It was a very old home, and it was just freezing. I mean, you couldn't see your breath, but I feel like you could have. <laughs> That's how I remember it, being that cold. And I would be laying in bed and not wanting to get out from underneath those warm covers. And it wasn't just that I didn't want to be cold. There were times as a child, again, being shy, that I was getting bullied in school and I was afraid to go on the bus because the kids were bullying me and all that kind of stuff. And so I remember, you know, laying in bed many of those days, not just feeling a sense of despair and not feeling safe in my life. And that's a terrible feeling for any child to have. And I remember those feelings. And so when I got older and I started thinking to myself, why, what is this like um, infatuation or uh, this passion to keep working towards making a lot of money, you know, and building a business. What is it? Where does it come from? And I started to think back to really what it was, was my inner child coming out. I didn't really, I had to really figure out that that's where it was coming from in terms of, I looked at building businesses that brought in passive income where you didn't have to, you know, work, trade time anymore for your dollars almost as if replacing my parents from a financial standpoint where I, you know they took care of me as a child financially of course and as a teenager and i looked at it's not really the money that i'm after but it's that feeling of being secure removing that sense of despair i used to feel about getting up early and being cold and having to go to school and dreading the whole experience and I, I, I related that to working a job, you know, so when I got into my 20s and I was working little jobs here and there to, um, uh, to make money as I was playing my band, which I'll get to in just a moment, that whole experience. But, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and have that same sense of dread of going to work. And so it was really all about removing that sense of despair, feeling safe and secure in life is what it was. And when I drilled down even deeper, it was just that it, I really couldn't relate to that way of living. You know, because as a child, when you're getting bullied, you really start looking at the world as a harsh place, as a cold, harsh place. Now, now my whole childhood wasn't wasn't like that. I mean, um, I didn't get bullied for very long. There was a couple of periods in my life where it happened. And luckily, uh, one time my dad stepped in and scared the living hell out of the kid that was doing it. And that never happened again. And the other time, I think it just I just think I kind of helped. I just kind of uh, 
um, it just kind of went away in its own. So it wasn't like it was, I went through my whole childhood like that, but there was a couple of time periods there where I vividly remember those feelings. And um, I just couldn't relate to living that way of having to get up every day out of my cold, out of my warm bed and go out to the cold, harsh world. You know, it's kind of, that's kind of what, that's what those feelings were coming up out of me, right? As an adult. And I just wanted a safe world to live in. I wanted to feel safe myself. And that's what the money represents. And then also from there, because of my innate feel, my innate ability to see pain in people as a child and ever since, it really was take care of myself financially, become safe, put a safe cocoon around my family, so to speak, financially, and then be able to help other people with that money. And then there was another element of that that I really tapped into as I was really thinking through some of these feelings around money, which were... I looked at it where if I became successful in business, I would make my parents proud. And that was that's always been something that's been very important to me. And so so from so that's kind of I, I put that out there to you, tell you that story because I really encourage you to get a good firm hold on your views on money. And if you're in business and you haven't yet made the the business get to the income level you're shooting for. Maybe what's stopping you? Because maybe it's not the money you want. It's most likely, almost like 99% of the time for most people, it's something much deeper, kind of like what I just expressed to you about my life. So I would encourage you to think about that. Okay, so moving on. So when I got out of high school, I went to a year of college and I really didn't enjoy it. It was for for classical guitar, but I was taking English classes and psychology and stuff I hated and didn't want to be doing. And uh, I, I got to the end of that year and I told my parents, I really don't want to go back. And so I said, okay, what do you want to do? I had very supportive parents. They said, what do you want to do? And I said, you know what I really think I want to learn is how to record music. And so they found me a recording school up in Canada. By this time, we were living up near Albany, New York. And they found me a recording school just outside of Toronto in Hamilton. And I went up there and lived there for six months going to this school. Had a blast. I was 19 years old. And unbeknownst to me before I went up there, you know, the drinking age in the States was 21. And I go up there and I remember vividly the very first day of that school, I met a couple of guys that were Canadian that were going to the school. And we started talking and they're like, oh, you're 19. Dude, you can go out. And they took me out. They said, we're going out to drink. And so I had a great time up there, you know, not only going to the school, but just hanging out with those guys that I met and all that kind of stuff. And I come back to New York six months later. I'm 20 by that point, And I still can't go out, which was kind of funny until I was 21. But um, what I really realized for myself was I didn't want to do the recording part. I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't what I didn't have a passion for. I really wanted to be the musician and play the music. And so my brother was playing bass as well. So when I got back from Canada, he and I put together a few different renditions of local bands and started playing the local clubs and all that kind of stuff, getting known in the local area for our bands and loving loving every minute of it. And something that happened to me there around when I was 20, when I'd come back, my mom had a friend. And this is where I was introduced to the world of business. She had a friend who was in a network marketing company, and they had this magic juice or magic drink or something, right? (laughs) I laugh about it now, but um, I went to a meeting with my mom, and I put my hair back in a ponytail, and 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 I went to this meeting trying to look all proper, and I just absolutely loved what was going on there. I just... I loved the what they were talking about being an entrepreneur and building a business and all this stuff you could do. I, it was the first time I was really introduced to that world because my, my dad was a teacher, my mom was a nurse, and everybody in my our family, nobody's a business person. So I didn't come from a business background. And it was the first time I saw people drawing on the board, drawing the circles and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is cool, you know? And I'm 20 years old and 
Um, so that so they got the bug in my ear. I actually joined the company with my mom's friend, <clears throat> tried to do it. Again, I had come out of my shell a little bit, but I was still by nature very shy. And I had a hard time doing what they wanted me to do, which is to create that friends and family list and call your friends and family. And I did it. But, oh, man, I remember sitting by the phone and just sweating. The the phone was almost falling out of my hands because I was sweating calling these people. And my voice is stuttering. And it was just a mess. But nothing ever came out of that. But it kind of got me thinking about that business world, being an entrepreneur. What would that look like? And so my brother and I were playing in our band and eventually we came to a decision that, you know what, if we really want to turn this band, turn this music goal into something where we have a chance to be a rock star, it's not going to happen here. And so we eventually got into a U-Haul truck and um, my, my brother and I and my mom actually flew out to Hollywood, California and found an apartment for us because we were going to go to a school that was right there in Hollywood called Musicians Institute. And I went to GIT. He went to BIT for bass. And uh, we went there for a year and loved every minute of that year. Just had a blast playing guitar for 12, 15 hours a day. Got really good on the instrument in that year. And during that year, though, what happened was I saw an infomercial. (laughs) Okay, Some of you listening to this may be old enough to remember this. There was a guy named Don LaPree that had this infomercial about how he was placing these tiny ads in the newspaper. And he said, I I remember, I can still remember the infomercial. I can remember him getting up there all excited. And I placed this tiny ad in this newspaper and I made 20, 30, 40 bucks or whatever. And I thought, well, if I just placed the same ad in thousands of papers, I could make 20, 30, $40,000 a month. And I was hooked. And I had, I had a credit card that I'd gotten back in New York before you moved out that my dad had gotten me through his credit union. And I it actually had already been had quite a bit on it already. And I didn't really, I only had like maybe, I forget what the limit was, but it wasn't that much, but it was almost close to getting maxed out because of the the network marketing business. I'd bought some of that magic juice and had it laying around. And uh, anyway, I had just enough money on that credit card to buy this down the prepackage. So I bought it, comes in the mail. I'm all excited. And I can remember uh, in that little Hollywood apartment, I remember opening it up on the table that we had in the kitchen area and laying out all the materials, and I was so excited, put my guitar down, you know, and I'm looking at all this stuff, and uh, started started going through the material and trying to do it, and then I realized that I had to start, I had to have money to place these ads in these newspapers all around the country, and I didn't have the money, so <laughs> that so that, that whole thing just went onto the shelf, I went back to my guitar playing, and that was the end of that for a while, so the Don LaPree thing didn't work out. And then the year after school, I I got myself a job cleaning carpets and and cleaning homes because I didn't want to be around people because I'm an introvert, right? And I'm shy. And I'm I'm doing that job during the day, playing in my band that I got into at night. And uh, I saw another infomercial. And this one was for tax liens. How are you going to become a millionaire doing real estate with tax liens? And so I remember the day I bought that thing. I was sitting at that same table in that same little Hollywood apartment. My brother had moved out by then. We had, we had gone in there and lived together in this one-bedroom apartment when we were going to school. By that point, he had moved out. I stayed in that apartment. And I'm on the phone. I called her 800 number when I saw this tax lien thing. And I thought it was like this consultative call. I'm going to learn about it. Of course, all it was was just a sales pitch. It was a sales guy on the other end that was really good at what he did. And I'm very green when it comes to all this stuff at that point. And he sold me. And I remember the same kind of experience there. I'm on the phone, my, my, I'm sweating, I'm getting all hot, like thinking to myself, am I going to max out my credit card and do this again? And I did. 
and I bought it, came in the mail. I was all excited. I laid it out on that table, this little round table I had in that apartment, little brown round table, these really cheesy like uh, lawn chairs that we used because <laughs> we didn't have much money and uh, for, you know, to sit at the table. And I opened up the package, laid it all out on the, on the table, getting all excited. And then I realized I need to have money to buy these tax liens in all these different states. And so that went on the shelf for a while. I think I still have that actually here in our house years later, decades later somewhere, but um, never did anything with it. And about a year after that, um, I, I was working my job, playing in my band, and I had paid down my credit card quite substantially. And then guess what happened again? Saw something. I think somebody, I forget, I think it was a mailer. I was probably on mailing list by this point. This is before the internet. So I probably, I think I got a mailer. Something came in the mail about going to Texas to become a real estate investor. <laughs> So I bought this package and I got the hotel room. I think I I think I I bought that with my credit card and then I think my parents maybe might have helped me with the plane ticket or maybe that was covered by the package. I don't remember now, but somehow I flew myself to Texas to go on this <clears throat> you know to get inside get with this group of people that were going to be taught how to become investors, right? And so they they took us around to these different uh, uh different types of property there. Um if I remember correctly, I think it was Houston that we went to, and they took us to all these properties. And uh, I flew back home, never did anything with that either. So that's another thing I tr- I bought and never did anything with. So you, you start to see a pattern developing here, right? Where I'm, I, I I've got the entrepreneurial bug, but I can't settle on something and actually follow through with it. Did the MLM thing, down the pre thing, the tax lien thing, now the real estate deal, and it was a year after that that I met my wife. I mean. She's my girlfriend at the time, but we're now married. And uh, we started dating. I was, I was playing, and that, by that point, I was playing in a band that I really believed at that point, this is it. This is the band that's going to go somewhere, right? I'm going to become a rock star. And we're, I'm playing in the band. We're dating, having a great time. And um, she moved in with me eventually into that apartment in Hollywood. And um, I started, so this is, so the, the uh, trip to Texas was in 1996, so by 1999, I had become completely disillusioned with the whole music thing. Uh, the band that I really thought was going to be the band that did it broke up. Just the other band members, just issues and all this stuff happened. And I finally sat back and thought to myself, you know, my, my girlfriend and I are really serious. I kind of have a built-in family because she, when I met her, she had a five-year-old daughter. So I have a stepdaughter. So I already kind of had a built-in family, Right. And I was thinking about the future and, uh, man, it was a tough decision, but I, but I thought to myself, what can I do that is dependent on me and not putting my faith and my future and my family's future in the hands of three or four other guys in a band that just, I just didn't have faith that I was going to find guys that wanted the same thing I did. And so a year prior to that, I met a guy that sold insurance and we'd taken out life insurance. Uh, my wife, my, well, again, we were not married yet, but we took out life insurance. And at this time in 1999, I went and met with him because I wanted to put some investments together. And the actual company that he worked with was Primerica Financial Services, which is a network marketing company. And so here I am being introduced to network marketing again, right? About, oh, it must be now, it's a good nine years after that that juice company I told you about back when, before I moved out to California. And, um, uh, so I go and talk to him 
And he's asking me, of course, you know, how's, how's life going? How's the music going and all that kind of stuff? And I was telling him how, you know, I was really dejected and that. And of course, he ends up recruiting me into this network marketing opportunity. So here we go again, right? And uh, that one, I felt, I felt better about that one than that juice thing because I really had a real interest in finances and uh, insurance and mutual funds. So the topic actually interested me. And I, I actually enjoyed going and get the insurance license and the the uh, the mutual fund license and all that kind of stuff. And I, I did okay. He was at a Burbank. And so I w- I'd be traveling back and forth from Hollywood to Burbank, going to these meetings, you know, the, the basic network marketing deal, trying to trying to hit up friends and family, trying to uh, meet people at the mall or in the supermarket or whatever, all those nonsense network marketing things they get you doing. And uh, But I built up a little, little bit of a local team and I was making a little bit of money on the side. And then I did something really stupid. At one point I was, oh, and I forgot to tell you, uh, back before I had met my wife um, and I was working that carpet job, I decided, I was probably about 24, 25 at that point, and I said to myself, Matt, I was actually reading the book by Tony Robbins at that point called um, Awaken the Giant Within. And I started to see that I was limiting myself by purposely getting jobs that kept me away from people and kept me from getting better at talking with people. And so I purposely quit that job and did something really, really, one of the best things I ever did in my life, but really scary at that point. I went and got a telemarketing job that I could do in the daytime and still do my band stuff at night and play in the band. And so I started to learn sales. I started to learn how to talk to people every single day. I had to go in there and get on the phone and talk to people. And I actually found I was pretty good at it. And because I wasn't your typical salesperson, like the, you know, the, the A-type personality that will try to beat your head over the beat yourself over the beat you over the head and try to get you to buy. Because of my nature of being um, more shy, more introverted, I found that I kind of approached it more in a consultative way. And I really listened to the people that I was talking to. And I think that's why I did a good job there, was because um they could sense that from me, that I wasn't there just to sell them, but I was really trying to hear them and help them, you know, and that's kind of how I approached it, just with my regular personality. And so I did pretty well with it, and I got used to, I got some sales techniques that I learned, things like that. And even though the Primerica thing never went anywhere, so I just want to let you know, so I got into Primerica, and now that didn't go anywhere, but what it did teach me was actually how to do sales, but in front of people, because I had to go do presentations for a husband and wife in a home, right, to sell financial services. And so I got really, I used to sit in front of the mirror and practice my, my presentation, make sure I was really good at it. And, and I really practiced it and really started learning the closing techniques and all that stuff you're supposed to learn. And so I started to learn those tech, those, those, uh, those skill sets. So I was learning sales as well as how to get in front of people and not be, and come out of my shell, right? was really what I was doing. And so what I did, what I did though that was really stupid was at one point I quit the telemarketing job that I was still doing doing during the day when I joined Primerica to do to do this network marketing thing full time and I had no business doing that there was nothing no proof there that I was going to be able that I had shown that I was making enough sales to do that but I did it and all it did was get us into debt a lot of we ended up getting into tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt it turned into this nightmare and around 2003 I I'd had enough and I won't tell you the whole story about that. Maybe another time I'll tell that whole network marketing story. But I just had enough and I, I swore to myself, I will never, ever touch network marketing ever again. I was done. And um, and it was around this time when I started to see in my wife, uh, we had gotten married about a year prior before I got out of the network marketing thing. 
And I started to see the doubt creeping in, in her eyes. And that was, that was tough. That was really tough. Um, Cause I knew that I wasn't, I was making all these promises to her since we had met of all this great stuff I was going to do. Of course, when I was in the band, I was going to be a rock star when I met her. And then I was going to be this great network marketing guy and all this kind of stuff. And I would take her to the big events that they held and go to Palm Springs for the big Primerica event, you know, and, Anyway, that was tough. I I remember when I when I was talking to her about I'm done with this and her looking at me and she's like, "Yeah, she said that's fine. You know, you got to find what you really want to do." But I could see that belief waning and that that hurt, you know. And so it was right then at that time that we had got our first computer and gotten online for the first time. And I sat there at the computer and I went online and I thought to myself, there's got to be a way to use this box called a computer and earn money on the internet, right? So I started doing all these searches. And then my next big thing happened, which was, which actually I used from then all the way to now. It's a skill set I learned that served me well, which is I learned how to build websites back then. This is about 2004 or five ish. And I built a little niche basketball website with my, with a buddy of mine. And that started to get traffic. And we started making money from it through AdSense and some affiliate products. And so there was like some residual money coming in. I was getting excited. Hey, this is great. And it was right about that time where that site was starting to take off that another buddy of mine saw that what, what we were doing and he was starting his own company. And he goes, look, Matt, I need a um, I need a, a website guy to build my website. Would you like to do that? And I said, absolutely. And in between um, quitting Primerica and that time, I had gone back to that telemarketing job because I had to make some money. And so I was still working there. And so I quit that job finally for the last time <laughs> and went to work for my friend. And we built his company into a multi-million dollar company with that website. Uh, the website was the lead generator. I got all the traffic. I wrote all the articles. I got all the SEO going, got all the traffic coming in. And then the leads would come in and then we'd hand it off to the sales guys. And he ended up, uh, I ended up starting to make uh, over $200,000 a year with him. I mean, I thought I had made it, right? I'm like, here we go. The, the good times are happening, man. Good times are going. And uh, unfortunately, because of what had happened all the years up to that time when I started making that kind of money, we had that tens of thousands of credit card debt. Uh, and so most of that money was about a good almost two years that I was making that kind of money. Most of that money went to paying down that debt and paying off the car. And so there was quite a bit of money. And there was a tax issue that happened because I didn't realize I was making all this extra money, how much more, how much I really had to set aside because I was 1099 with him. And that was the first time I had done that. So a lot of that money just unfortunately got wasted through paying off debt the car and a, and a real big tax problem that I created because of that, just not knowing, right? And unfortunately, it was the, I remember it was the beginning of the year, it was in January, and I thought to myself, man, one more year of this and we're going to be good. I'm going to be able to basically save all the money, get that tax thing paid off, save the rest of the money that we're making that we don't need. Uh, the credit card debt was gone. And I was excited, you know, I'm like, this, this is really going to happen here. And it was in March of that year. Well, was, we started seeing the signs in February, unbeknownst to me and everybody else working in that company. My buddy, who isn't my buddy anymore, um, unfortunately, the program that he had created was not working 
for the people that we were selling it to, as well as we all thought it was and what we were told it was doing. And regulators found out and came and shut the company down. So boom, March of that year, my income was gone, just gone. And here I was again, right? And it was at that point where I had to do something that was very hard for me to do, which was I had to go and make a phone call to my dad. And remember I, I told you before that one of, the, one of my big internal drivers was to make my dad proud. And to have to go to him and say, Dad, really screwed up here. I'm in real bad financial shape. I need some help. And I remember sitting down at the phone and uh, calling him and just the pit in, the, in, in, in my stomach. And not only my dad, but also my wife, once again, disappointment. I disappointed her. And it was the first time in my life, you know, I was past the age of 35 at that point. And uh, it was the first time in my life where I just really felt like an absolute loser. I just felt like I wasn't pulling my weight as a man for his family. You know, I was disappointing a lot of people around me. And it took a lot out of me. But my parents helped us out, kind of get on our feet a little bit. And I parlayed my internet marketing skills into a coaching position with a website host. And started doing that. And what I also did was I thought to myself, I don't want to work for this company forever. I want my own business. And I thought, I know this internet marketing stuff. And a friend of mine had introduced me about a oh, nine months previous to that, before all this going down with the, you know, the company disappearing that I mentioned, had introduced me to this company that was selling all this personal development stuff. And I loved it. I love personal development. And they had in a they called what they called an affiliate program attached to it, but really what it was was a network marketing <laughs> deal attached to it. And I remember I'd sworn off network marketing. And I thought though, you know, maybe I could do this differently. Rather than doing I hated, hated, hated the friends and family thing with network marketing. And I felt like I was bugging people, just couldn't stand it. I hate when I'm when I hate when I get it done to me. Because it's not targeted marketing. It's not marketing. It's just it's just hoping somebody's interested. And people are very put off quite often by the whole tactic. But I thought, why don't I take my internet marketing skills and what if I could do it and, and promote these personal development products as an internet marketer? And so I did. And I started uh, selling um, the, the, the products and the membership that they had. It was like a monthly membership to get all these um, personal development materials and audios and all this stuff. And uh, I was benefiting from the personal development audios. I loved it myself. So I was really into it, just the topic. And uh, I built this thing into a nine levels deep organization. People were joining me from, I didn't have anybody that joined me from my, around me in my own town. They were joining me from all over the United States, Canada, Hawaii, Japan, the UK, Australia. It was great. I had this international team, nine levels deep. And I was just about to get, um, to $10,000 a month with them. And guess what happened? Regulators came in and shut the company down. <laughs> so it happened twice now to me. And that was one of the biggest blows of my life, you know, because I, and it really caused me to start thinking. And I felt like I just hit this wall where either it was me starting and stopping something and not seeing it to fruition 
whether it was the Don LaPree thing, the MLM thing, the real estate thing, the tax lien thing, uh, building the website and then seeing that disappear and then doing this other personal development company, seeing that disappear, whether it was me or regulators or something, something was just sabotaging everything. And I really put a lot of blame on myself. You know, like I really started to um, to beat myself up mentally. And I'm a very positive person just naturally. Uh, always see the good in things. That's just how I've always been. But I really got dejected and I really went into a deep hole. And um, that was probably that. That's when I hit the big wall. You know, that's that's really when I started to look at myself and start asking myself, um, Maybe you're not cut out for this. You know, maybe you're not cut out to be a business person. Maybe you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you should just go get a job somewhere. And uh, that's when I started to look at why this was happening. And it wasn't just happening to me. You know, I had met a lot of people in the internet marketing world to this point and um, the affiliate marketing world. And I had buddies and friends and just people that I knew in Facebook groups and all that kind of stuff. And I was seeing the same type of thing happening. Like I was seeing people start things and then three months later they were, they were marketing something different all of a sudden. They weren't sticking with it. And what I started to see was that it was just an industry where unfortunately there's so many people out there selling these different marketing tactics and hey, if you learn Facebook ads and you can just get put in $1 and get $2 out, my system is going to make you rich. Or if you just learn this LinkedIn strategy, my system is going to make you rich. If you just learn this YouTube strategy, my system is going to make you rich. If you just get in this MLM deal over here, you're going to get rich. If you promote my affiliate product over here, you're going to get rich, right? And it really had nothing to do, I guess the epiphany that I had, the breakthrough moment that I had was... I was always trying to fit myself into someone else's deal, into someone else's opportunity, into someone else's business. And I was following so-called gurus who had created their own products and courses and coaching programs. So here they had created their own thing, but I was always trying to fit myself into an affiliate marketing offer. Um, you know, there was a time when I was doing, uh, when I, there, I had done another little MLM deal for fuel additives at one point. Um, I sold some affiliate products around relationships, dog training, spiritual growth. Uh, I don't even have a dog. <laughs> I was trying to sell this thing around dog training. What I'm trying to get to is I realized that I was just jumping into things that looked good and sounded good. But, but it wasn't really anything that had anything to do with who I am as a person, like my innate talents and interests and passions in life. The one thing I did do was that personal development company, because that's something I'm really passionate around. And I really had that thing rocking and, you know, regulators came in and shut it down. I think if that company was still around today, I would pr probably still be doing it because that I really did like. But the point was, I was looking back on all these things I've told you about and how many times I started something and stopped something, started something and stopped something, and just never saw it through to fruition. And so I started getting myself a new plan, a new plan of attack. And what I thought about was I was already coaching people uh, with the website host that I mentioned where I was coaching them on how to... Uh, build their website, get their website getting traffic, how to get their website getting leads, and then selling whatever they wanted to sell. I was also doing the website builds. 
And I forgot to mention that that actually disappeared as well because what happened was my about 80% of the income I was making with those guys was doing the website builds from scratch. And for some weird reason, they decided they weren't going to do those anymore. <laughs> so here I was with that company. This is about the time, this is probably about a year or two after the personal development thing fell apart. So here again, another pattern in my life it just fell apart. I had to leave because, I, guys, I, I can't live on 20% of what I was making here with you guys. And so there was another feeling of failure, another feeling of starting over, another feeling that I just wasn't cut out for this, right? And so finally, what I started to realize was I had to make my own way, I create my own business and coach P and, and, and I love the coaching aspect because the coaching part of that company, I really enjoyed because going back to my innate ability as a child, right? I started to make the dots, connect the dots finally that if you're really going to be successful in business, and if you look at a lot of successful people in business, and this isn't always the case, there's a lot of successful people out there that just kind of create a product and they just they sell it and get out and that kind of thing. But I'm talking about a business that you want to run for the rest of your life and really feel like you're a part of and it's a part of you, right? I started to connect the dots that my innate abilities that I had lost sight of over the years through wanting to become a rock star and kind of looking at all that glitz and glam there and through all the dejection of all the stuff I just mentioned where things I felt like weren't working out and I started something and then got out, I started to lose sight of just who I was as a person. And it's very easy to do if you're not careful. And so I, after all this stuff had happened to me, I finally sat down with myself and I said, what, what needs to change here? What, ne- what do I need to do to make this thing work? And I started really thinking through my life and really thinking through the timeline that I just kind of went through here with you. And I went back to my, to my conversations with my mom as a kid. And I started to remember how she would always describe me as an old soul and describe me as someone who just wants to help people. And then my wife, the other, all the time since I've known my wife, she's always told me, you should really be a therapist. You know, I'd be like, why? And she'd say, well, because you have this ability just to, like when I have a problem, you have the ability to, to, to talk to me and calm me down and help me see the better path. And, yet, and she said, I see you do it with all with other people all the time, the people that you're coaching. A lot of times she goes, I hear, I hear what you're saying on the call. And even though you're talking about marketing, you're, you're, I hear you also going into other stuff with them, like personal development stuff. And I can hear they're struggling and you're going into that realm with them and you're just helping talk them off the ledge. And I said, you know what? You're right. I said, that really is my innate ability. How can I build a business around that instead of trying to build a business around some silly affiliate marketing product about dog training (laughs) that I have no interest in? And so that's where things, that's where um, things started to change. And so what I did is I started a coaching program, created my own training programs, my own coaching program. And guess where I went with it? Because I was coming out of that whole network marketing thing and I felt like, um, I had already built some assets online around network marketing because of that whole personal development thing that I was that I had done, and I thought, why don't I create a coaching program where I teach network marketer network marketers and affiliate marketers how to get the traffic that that they need to get the leads that they need to make the sales that they need, right? I said, I'm, I'm like, by this time, I'm like, I had invested over 10 years of learning and implementing all this online marketing stuff. I knew how to do that. That was a talent I had developed and really honed into that coaching uh, company that I was with. And so I started doing that. And so I started working with them, uh, getting clients and working with those folks. And I started, and then, you know, things started rolling, started going. 
and then all of a sudden I hit another wall and I had a real conflict within myself because I started notice, noticing something really bad about that whole process. And here's what that was. Basically, I was teaching them how to go down the exact same road that I had gone down, right? Like I remember a guy I had worked with that I coached back when I was doing that, co- that type of coaching who was really excited about driving traffic to this affiliate offer that he had found. And it was all about bettering your, your relationship. And this guy was single. He had no kids, but he was excited because it offered a high commission. So, that, so he was looking at the money, not at what, not whether or not it was really right for him to be promoting that, right? And I think it was like within three to four weeks of working with him and getting, getting some, get, teaching him how to get traffic to the offer, teaching him how to get leads so he could sell the offer, that three to, three to four weeks in, all of a sudden he was disinterested in it. And he was becoming frustrated. I was becoming frustrated because all of a sudden now we had nothing tangible to teach him on marketing because his whole idea wasn't something he wanted to do anymore. And he was thinking, he was talking to me about, about promoting since some other deal, which is a whole different topic, a whole different niche, which meant we'd have to start everything over because now all the marketing had to go to that whole new target market. I had another woman that I coached who wanted to create an online course about um, uh, helping businesses uh, get testimonials and stuff like that. And she was actually more interested and passionate about horse riding in the outdoors as I got to know her. I had another guy that I, he was teaching how to become a blogger, how to blog and how to make money on a blog. And his, his blog wasn't making any money. And then I, and I, in talking with him, I'm like, well, your blog isn't making any money. How are, how are you going to teach other people how to make money blogging? And I found out he had a real true passion for personal development. Like blogging wasn't really his true innate desire or innate talent, right? Another woman I coached was in an MLM deal selling, again, some magic juice like I I got introduced to back when I was 19 or 20, like I told you about. Same story, right? Um, She just got, and she got into that just from some random introduction one of her friends gave to her, to this magic juice company. And she wasn't, passionate about health and magic juices. And I say that kind of facetiously, like, right, I love all these magic things that come out inside the network marketing world, like they're different from anything else. But anyway, you see, you see the pattern that was developing there inside my own coaching program now, where now I was back in that state of conflict where, and it really dawned on me that as I was getting intimately involved with my coaching clients, it revealed that I wasn't alone in picking business ideas or picking marketing tactics like the next Facebook, you know, ad fad thing or the next LinkedIn fad marketing thing or whatever. I wasn't alone in picking these different business ideas, picking these different marketing tactics all for the wrong reasons. I was, you know, I look back at my history again where I was selecting businesses that were out of alignment with my innate talents and my, my clients had done that. Uh, or they were selecting marketing tactics based on some random guru that was teaching these things that they came across, right? These these magic marketing techniques. And there's no magic to marketing. It's Marketing is marketing. There's some very specific things you need to know. And if you learn them and do them well, you're going to do well. And I noticed also that some of my clients that I was working with at that point had come from other coaching programs where the program only taught them one method, like like Facebook ads, for example. And I had I had a, a couple of clients actually that had gone through another coaching program that I knew of. I knew the I knew the who the person was that only taught how to do Facebook ads as a traffic generator, 
but they couldn't get the ads to work. They kept getting their ads declined and all these problems that they were having. And, and I actually had to listen to that, the guy who ran that program. Um, I love the guy still to this day. He has had a lot of great ideas, but I would listen to his podcast and he would talk about how what they're teaching people always works. And then here I was coaching two of his former clients who were telling me that it didn't work for them. You see what I mean? So I was seeing these disconnects. And so I came to a realization to my, for myself, and I thought to myself, you know what? Look, I didn't become a rock star. I didn't become an NFL player. I didn't make it as a tiny ad placement dude. <laughs> I didn't make it as a real estate mogul, right? But I, what I started to realize was that my life experience was valuable to all the other people that are out there who, like me, had a dream to do something great, leave a legacy for their kids and their grandchildren, and I had something to share there. I had a new way to show them how to select their business so that it really aligned with them. And once I, once I started to shift my focus and all my teachings to first getting in touch with the essence of who I am and in myself, I went back to that little kid, right? That little kid that I told you about that just wanted to make a difference for his classmates, and I started teaching from that perspective, from that life experience, getting others in tune with their own innate, innate, their own innate talents and interests. And that's when the real transformation started happening. So, you know what? If Let me kind of end this first episode with this, which is if, you, if right now you're constantly starting and stopping with these business ideas, and you're disappointing yourself and you're disappointing your family because of that, if you're constantly feeling conflicted in terms of what do I do next? What is the next marketing thing I'm supposed to learn that's going to finally be my breakthrough? You know, if you're you're not making your money goals happen, uh, you're not on track, uh, and you're just constantly feeling frustrated, right? Then I'm going to encourage you to, to stop everything right now. Stop doing what you're doing. Just stop and start really getting in tune with what really jazzes you up, right? Like, you know, what do you love to do? And based on that, what can you teach someone else inside of that? That's the beginning of your journey to transformation and business dominance. You know, rather than, you know, if you're a person that's been chasing after the next and greatest marketing tactic that's going to help you sell some affiliate program that you found that's not even of interest to you, or if you were just randomly introduced into somebody's MLM business and you're selling some magic pill, but it's not your passion, I want you to sit down with yourself and just ask yourself, go back to when you were a child maybe. Maybe that's what you need to do like I did. What did you love as a child before the world got a hold of you? What did you just love to do? What were you interested in? And it could be anything. It could, you know, it might be, maybe you've had a struggle with your weight and you've overcome it. And maybe you can teach others how to overcome their weight loss rather than you doing something that you don't love. Talk about something that really was a problem that you had. You know, are you, do you know how to do personal training? Can you, can you, can you do that? Um, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you just love, you've, you've really focused your time and attention over your life at being the best possible parent you can be. And maybe you can teach other people how to be the best parent they can be. Or maybe you can teach others how to be the best possible spouse they can be. Maybe you could teach a language. Do you have that skill set? Can you teach someone how to play an instrument? Can you teach someone how to do, do better in math? 
Maybe, maybe have you been through tragedy in your life? Maybe you can teach others how you came out the other end of it, and you can you can uh, get clients and customers of people that are going through tragedy, tragedy, and you can help them cope with that tragedy, tragedy, and help them see hope and help them move forward. Have you had an addiction problem in your past, or maybe you know someone that's close to you that did? Can you o- help people overcome addiction? Like, is there something innate in you, a talent, an interest, a passion that you can now build a business around? And then rather selling other people's products or anything like that, actually build something of your own. Maybe it's an online course. Maybe it's a membership program. Maybe it's, an, maybe you, maybe it's a coaching program of your own. But take your life experience. What, the main point is here. Take your life experience. Because the most authentic thing about you is your life experience. Just like I, I just told you kind of like my whole life experience, right? And how my whole life experience has led me to where I'm at today and how I'm using my life experience as a way to be a teacher and to educate people and how they can become better in their businesses. But I'm using my life experience and I've got a lot of failures in my background that I just went through with you that I can help my students avoid because I can I can see when they're going down the path because I've been there. I've been there multiple times as I just told you, multiple times. That's that's what I wish for you, is that you, 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 if you've listened to this whole talk, I would like you to look at your entire past, look at your life experience, and ask yourself, what can I take from my life experience that is 100% me? And it's not marketing. It's not the next latest and craziest thing. It's not some hokey marketing tactic. It's my life experience. And if you're the type of person like me that doesn't want to just make a lot of money, but there's a reason behind it. And I told you some of my reasons earlier, but my one of my newer reasons as I've gotten older in life is I really want to leave a legacy for my daughter and my grand and, and our grandchildren. That is the driving force right now. And so I would also encourage you to not only think about your life experience and how you can turn that into some kind of education-based business based on that, Take that and then start thinking about how can you turn that into a business that leaves a legacy for your children and if you have grandchildren, for your grandchildren. If you think about it that way and you come from that perspective, your whole being is going to change when you start marketing that business because now it's got nothing to do with marketing tricks. It's got nothing to do with going and learning the guru's latest thing. I'm not looking to be a guru, and you shouldn't look to be a guru. All I'm doing when I'm showing people what I can teach them is let me just share with you my experience and let me share with you the journey that got me where I'm at and let me share with you the, the what I've learned about marketing all these years and let's hook up that marketing engine to the journey I take them through to help them find their innate talent and what they should be teaching. And once we discover that, then all the marketing stuff just works because now the marketing is driving something truly that's real about them. And so I would encourage you to do the same thing. I, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily need to go out there and act like you're some guru in whatever you can do. Like say you're a whiz at math. You can just become a teacher, And I think sometimes if you think of it more along the lines of I'm just going to become a teacher and I'm going to educate people and I'm going to build my my business based on my experience in my life and I'm going to teach others how to leave a legacy for their families, 
that's where I think you're going to find a nice cohesive connection between who you are and how your business operates and the value you can provide people. Hope that helps. We'll get into more of this kind of stuff in future episodes. And I'm really happy to have you here listening. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great rest of your day.